0: pick the hardcore beats for Karima because she's hardcore, um, and um, yeah, Karima Sayed is our is our guest today. Um, just a quick quick intro because I, I I've been talking about this for days, and I'm really happy to have Karima on. Um, I I just have a I'm totally speculating, and I have this theory, and the theory goes like this. Ever since GoFundMe um after parliament voted unanimously to bring him in for questioning uh to talk about the 10 million bucks raised for the convoy um it was either that day Karima will set me straight on this it was either that day or less than a day later or something like that where they just dis- where they decided to pull Karima's gofundme page even though i uh I, i've scoured it because i like to do my due diligence especially when it comes to Karima because she's tricky but uh, I scoured her page. I I cannot find anything that would like rise to the level of hate speech or rise to the level of fraud or anything like that, like rise to the level. Like there's no evidence at all of any sort of uh, mismanagement of her account. Everyone knows what she's been doing since this pandemic started. So it's weird that they would just do that now. So my theory is that what they're doing is hedging their bets because they were afraid that when the conservatives questioned them in the House of Commons, um, that they won't have a good answer for whether or not they're biased against conservative protests. And so I think that they arbitrarily banned Karima and maybe others for that reason. But, anyways, we'll let Karima set us straight on that. Karima Saeed, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Um, Karima just got out of the shower because she knew that she was going to be on the on podcast with me. And I'm. I'm
1: I wanted going. to be fresh and clean and ready to go. <laughs>
0: The contrast is startling now i feel all dirty um <laughs> am i way off on 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 what i'm thinking here before we go uh this is so the mps voted to call go me to testify at the commons committee on the convoy protest that was february 3rd and then i don't remember what day it is because it doesn't say there but i think it was the fifth um Karima, you wrote, this is one of the hardest and most painful threads I've ever written. I got screwed by GoFundMe. My gonzo journalism of auto occupation was arbitrarily deemed prohibited content or conduct. Not even prohibited content, just prohibited conduct. I don't even know what that means. If you'd like to support my work, please send any transfer to sat at uh, gmail.com. Now, what, am I off on, on, like, I know it's all speculation. I have, I've reached out to GoFundMe executives, but I haven't heard back yet, but just Give me your thoughts on how this all unfolded and and where it leaves you now.
1: I think your theory is plausible. Um, I also think that because there was so much hullabaloo surrounding Ottawa and the truckers convoy and other sort of Ottawa related incidents that GoFundMe just didn't want any of that smoke. And so it's interesting because I actually had two separate fundraisers up. And only the one that referred specifically Keep Karima in Ottawa, which happened to be the larger one, um, that's the one that got yanked. And, you know, it, there are so many possible explanations. I think that I wouldn't be surprised if I was mass reported um, because mm. there were a number of people kind of leading up to this happening who criticized the existence of a GoFundMe Um you know, my intentions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but I also think it's, it's possible I was just collateral damage in sort of this effort to distance itself as far away as possible from Ottawa. And, you know, to your point about not wanting to seem partisan, um, I, I think that, yeah, again, that's, that's plausible. And the way that my GoFundMe was deactivated very different than what we were hearing about in the news, um, you know, surrounding the truckers and how they had opportunity after opportunity to show how the money was going to be used. There were sort of back and forth exchanges um, and, you know, an ultimate determination was 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 reached, but with input and with an opportunity to respond. And I was denied any of that due process, um, probably because it's a, you know, it was a comparably smaller amount. And I'm a comparably smaller individual.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and I can't tell, maybe you know about this, maybe you don't, I don't know, but um, I can't tell, like the mass reporting thing always gets to me because it's like, okay, like anyone, that that's like vandalism. You know, like you could do that to anybody. Um, it feels like if it was a GoFundMe page for someone famous and it was mass reported that it probably wouldn't have been yanked. Like they, it feels like they, they, they can do their due diligence when they want to, but then sometimes they don't. And I can't tell if an algorithm is pulling people's accounts, but it, that wouldn't make any sense to me because it's, there's not, it's not like there's millions and millions of GoFundMe campaigns that are happening. Like human beings could handle that kind of content. But it, it I, I kept on thinking about Patreon because they never really bounced back from their political stance, which went the opposite way. I don't know if you remember that, but Patreon um, was it Jordan Peterson that they removed it, it it was like that kind of thing it was like um people that were considered alt right or whatever were completely removed from Patreon and then uh there was like this mass exodus from from Patreon itself from like right-leaning conservative um content producers and this just has a vibe that it, it it's almost like they saw the errors of Patreon's ways and decided that they were going to even the score by taking people like yourself and and pulling it down like there's nothing that i could find on your account that would even be considered improper conduct whatever the fuck that means
1: no i i mean and that is is by design because as much as i enjoy kind of being out on the streets and having fun and doing a little bit of trolling, like i am also accountable to the law society of ontario so i i have very you know clear parameters on what I can and cannot do. I cannot do illegal things and I don't want to. um, But also, even sort of in towing that line, I I don't really have an interest in furthering sort of hate speech, right? Um, Or anything that could be construed as such. Um, I appreciate that maybe in my comment section, which I can't control, um, I get people from all sides of the political spectrum saying their peace and, and it can be sort of a war zone sometimes. Um, but that I, I don't think is, is what was at issue. Um, and what was frustrating, you know, apart from not being able to appeal or really have any sort of conversation about, you know, why this happened, I got this canned response that you know it's prohibited conduct don't bother replying to this email there's nothing we can do to help you and it was just so defeating like you know i went to i had a nap after being out for like four or five hours was getting ready to go back out that night and just it was yeah a sucker punch to the gut and it's you know there there's definitely an irony there and and i'm not one to have really called for gofundme to like, as far as the trucker convoy funds go, um, I I think it would have been better had they been dispersed. And, you know, then there would have been assets that could be sued for, or that could be recovered, if in the event that that was necessary, right? Um, Like the way that it transpired that that's not going to happen. So I was never really advocating for GoFundMe to 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 deactivate their account. Um, But I did tweet about it and I was kind of sarcastic. So when it happened to me, it was just sort of ironic, Um, which many, many people on the uh, side of the truckers have pointed out, have been kind enough to point out. Um,
0: They're so thoughtful.
1: (laughs) You know, it is what it is. Like it just, it sucked. Um, It sucked.
0: And uh, you don't have to tell me the answer to this question, but I'm just curious by nature. But like, was it a lot of money that they froze?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a lot of money to me. Um, so it was just over $7,000. Um, okay. so, That's a you hit
0: know, for a person that does the work that you do, though. Like,
1: Well, I mean, I've been documenting these rallies for over a year now, and it's almost entirely self-funded, except for the odd time that I have done a GoFundMe. Um, and, you know, that there's a lot of you understand, like there's a lot of time and effort that goes into um, this sort of, this sort of work. Um, Being out there, then actually dealing with the footage and coming up with captions and doing research to make sure that kind of I'm ready to discuss issues or can put proper context to things. Um, So it, when it was active, it felt very much like, Kind of a validation of those efforts and yes it was specific to ottawa um but kind of my vision or plan went beyond that and and so it was disappointing um it was yeah it was disappointing
0: what kind of rules does go because i don't know anything about the platform but what, what kind of rules does gofundme have um regarding because they want every they they raise money. Correct me if I'm wrong. Specifically for individuals and organizations, but aren't they supposed to be both like nonprofit, or is that just for organizations?
1: I think that that's just for organizations. Um, so yeah, like if you are a nonprofit, then um, I, I believe that there are are rules about how the money can be dispersed and to whom. Um, mm-hmm. if it's as an individual, then there's more flexibility associated with that. And that's how I was running it um, as as an individual.
0: Okay. Cause um, I got, to want to stick on this forever, but it just, it it feels like there's a lot of politics at play here. I kept on like looking, I was going to draw like, you know, those detectives and like, (laughs) like old detective movies where they like get their whiteboard and they start (laughs) like um, putting pictures up and then strings (laughs) like pictures to whatever that's called flowchart where you're like yeah yeah exactly um and there's all these players that i'm just like again totally speculating on but like the anti-hate network and how cozy they are with the liberals and how the liberals probably wanted gofundme to pull that and how navigator is the crisis management firm working for the ottawa police and if I feel like there's just a couple threads that we're missing here, where there's like some sort of collusion—not in the legal, like a legal sense—but but but just like, you know, they're talking to each other and they're strategizing because all of them are scared shitless of optics. Now I know that you don't necessarily have any evidence, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: no, I don't at all. Um, So I, I mean, and that's why it's possible, I guess. But I also think that you know, different actors and entities can sometimes have goals. That overlap, and you know, will either work deliberately together or are simply furthering each other's goals because they're all working on the same track, right? So, I, yeah. I, I, I really don't know. And there's, yeah, there's just so much mess that that's like associated with all of this that I think to unpack it just would require access to information that simply isn't going to be readily or publicly available
0: okay let's let's switch gears you're still in ottawa correct i'm still here what has changed from you know the sort of apex of the chaos and whatever you want to call that the you know i guess saturday was sort of like the the crescendo of all the craziness to now like what 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 is different now i know that the cops started taking away gas and things like that yesterday um, can you give me an update on just, like, how things are changed? Are, are they dying down a little bit? Are people still pouring in? Are people leaving?
1: Um, I, I think, and so it's hard to say patterns because this is now week two. Um, or, the well, it's the 10th day, so we're getting to the end of week two. Um, last week, I felt that during weekdays, it was a bit more subdued. Um, and it was the weekend, really, that brought out the most people and had the most attention. Um, Last night, there were additional cinder blocks that were put along Wellington Street, um, you know, I think to deter more trucks from coming in or to prevent trucks from kind of moving around. Um, There was this notice about fuel being seized and, uh, at you know, at the Coventry Road sort of Park off, I don't know what to call it. Um, I understand that there were some arrests made and some tickets issued. Um, so we are starting to see uh, more police enforcement than I've observed up to this point. Um, but what's interesting is right now there are like dozens of people walking around the city of Ottawa just holding jerry cans. Um, and I saw a guy drinking it's... out of a jerry can. So it's probably, oh. hopefully, water. I don't know. Say hi
0: to my father, because that would have been nice. You know.
1: Hopefully, water or something that's not gasoline or diesel. Can't say for sure. Um, But I think the strategy right now is to try to overwhelm and just confuse police um, and just have so many jerry cans that oh, we don't know what's what. Um, Which I don't know how successful that will be.
0: Um, (laughs) Did 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 anyone take a strategy course before? (laughs)
1: Honestly, honestly, um, I mean, I I say that, but then there are aspects of this that are surprisingly well organized. Um, Can you give me an
0: example? Yeah.
1: Well, uh, so there is um, there's a company out of Leamington um, that set up basically two pizza ovens and, you know, it's like a food station. So people Mm -hmm. can go there and eat, leave a donation if they're able or just eat for free if they're not. Um, so it's it's sort of, you know, in any other context, I think I would applaud that initiative. Um, but it, it, like, it runs fairly smoothly. And then there's other, like, food and donation tables that have popped up um, across the city. Um, there was that soup kitchen that was built in Confederation Park and then moved elsewhere. Um, so, like, there's... It, Parts of it that seemed to, to run, like I don't know how smoothly, but I'm uh, kind of impressed that they were able to pull that off. Um, you know, they
0: developed no. a, a pretty pronounced set of skills during Ribfest and they just brought it over, right? To, <laughs> Transferable to
1: skills, that's right. <laughs>
0: that's, that's um,
1: right. <laughs> you know, what? what's definitely lacking, though, is a clear set of achievable objectives. Um, and there's no real communication or messaging apart from end mandates, which is, you know, simply like that's that's not a thing that the federal government can do on its own. And the way I've heard it explained is, well, if the federal government does it, the province are going to be pressured to do it. And like that's not how the Constitution works um, at all. So, yeah, on that front, it's, it's very poor.
0: I don't remember if you were on the podcast last week with Mark Burry, but he described the manifesto released by the organizers as crayon law.
1: <laughs> I, no, um, but that is, I, I think a very charitable uh, explanation of it.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, look, I, I've been getting a lot of flack because I do, I do, like, to, I do like to analyze rather than take a side and stuff like this. And that doesn't mean that I'm giving equivalency. But um the 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 lack of focus and the disjointedness, I mean, they're their own worst enemy. And and it's interesting because I, I keep on seeing all this footage of like dance parties and you know, people drinking and um kids with fuck Trudeau signs and everything. And I'm just like it it feels like a canada day picnic um but there's also monster trucks (laughs) like there's a monster truck rally that's going to happen on sunday or something you know what i mean like it doesn't have a feeling of a protest and maybe that's my problem though and I, i was thinking about this i was trying to think about this really hard because i'm of two schools of thought one of them is that i think that if all of the um strategies and tactics that were employed so far in ottawa um we're, were done by activists that were like, say environmental activists or something, um, which would, minus the trucks idling for a week, because that's a stupid, but um, you know, the, that most of the tactics would be seen as reasonable or at least not extreme or whatever. Like the extremist element, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're there, but the extremist element, as far as I can see, um. You know pat king and his rants and stuff like that um a few uh pictures of nooses and 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 swastikas and stuff although there's a there's a running talking point among convoy protesters that claim that the the nazi stuff a, a bunch of it was supposed to be um a critique of the government um but whatever are we losing um our ability to 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 maintain this idea that you can protest peacefully because we keep on wanting to look at it through the lens of our positions?
1: It's a good question. I think, I mean, I think that if this were for another cause, oddly enough, um, it would have been shut down much quicker. I don't think that we would have actually um, seen an opportunity to become as rooted um, as, as the truckers did, um, is, is my first sort of reaction to that. Um, and, and there's elements of this that I, I think would be intolerable, um, from any group, uh, most specifically the honking, um, because yeah. it really is, uh, really, really bad. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not happening right now, um, at least not from where I can hear it. Um, but at times it was really bad. And, like very disturbing to see children among that, um, and I don't know whether they were wearing earplugs or not. But like, you know, I I know parents who think twice about taking their kids to the movie theater because they're afraid it's too loud. And maybe that's sort of the far end of the extreme. But I, I saw I earplugs. saw a lady
0: bring her daughter to a Snoop Dogg concert once, and I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Anyways,
1: it's on. just you know, and I'm not like I'm not one to judge parenting, but you know as a human being seeing sort of a vulnerable child and especially in a a situation like this that's so volatile because the undercurrent is rage right and and even though there's this party vibe that happens mostly i would say when quebec pulls through on the weekend um and you know it it is a good time it's a snow rave uh, well, good time for some, but it's still like based in anger. Right. And it's still like fuck Trudeau is, is the common theme and element. And I, I, wouldn't underplay sort of the violent rhetoric, um, like the nooses, like the effigy, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I believe that that actually makes it harder for there to be a solution because it, it, how do you negotiate with that? Like that's, you know, personal attacks, personal abuse, um, in a way that goes beyond a policy critique. And, you know, I, I yeah, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. Um,
0: personally, Did, do you remember, cause I don't remember the media's reaction to, I'm not going to get what protest it was, right. But I thought it was, um, how do you say that? Q P C U P E. C U P E. Yeah. C U P E. Yeah. Um, anyways, it was the Queens park protest from either last year or from 2020 where the union protesters or whoever they were at this sort of like left wing protest brought that guillotine out. Yeah. I don't recall the media's reaction to that. Um, but would that be considered violence? Uh,
1: I think that in the same way, you know, a noose, like, I think that that would be equivalent. Um, and I, both are making a political statement the guillotine may be a bit more so because it's specific to the context of revolution and how you know certain leaders were deposed right so that's a bit like and i guess there's leaders who get hung too and there's leaders who get shot so you know it, it is a form of political messaging i won't discount that but it still makes me uncomfortable and and even like the guillotine I, I can't say I was mad at it at the time. Um, So there probably is something to your point uh, about whether you align with the values or purpose of the protest or not. Um, Mm -hmm. But kind of with what I've seen here, like, I don't think that that is, it's not the direction that I would like us as a society to go. Um, Not at all. And and back to the point about the swastikas and kind of Nazi imagery and it being not approving of that, but trying to draw a comparison between what's happening now and what happened under Hitler. Like, I I think that that's just as offensive. Uh, I think that the use of that imagery um, itself, like, evokes especially for people who like have direct ties, right, to people who died um, or were persecuted um, under that regime. I I think that just those symbols are, are violent inherently. Um, And I think that the false equivalency itself um, is a different form of, you know, is it violence? I, I, in a way, Um, but certainly it cheapens history and it cheapens our understanding and perspective of things. And, you know, when you take an atrocity and then water it down and distill it so that, you know, I can't go into Canadian tire without my mask. Therefore I feel like I've been, you know, forced onto a train at gunpoint and separated from my family. Like it's just, it's not the same. And, and, there's like a lack of understanding and people who genuinely feel that, yeah, I'm making an apt comparison and historical comparisons at the best of times, you know, with with scholars are are tricky because there's so many variables and factors at play. Um, so, you know, that I think is is very it's beyond uncool. Um, I, I don't think that it's something that we should be endorsing or like, and I, I do my best to call it out. Um, but that's the yeah, one thing yeah. that's
0: been missing, right? That, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Um <laughs> But but that's just the one thing that's been missing. Like, I'll, I'm dying to see the footage. <clears throat> if it exists, please send it to me if someone's listening that has something like this, <clears throat> or has seen something like this, of protesters walking up to like, guys wearing Nazi jackets or carrying those flags and confronting them. You know, like, and, and it would it would be better coming from their allies rather than a counter protester. but but like you know, if you want to make the case, and I'm just sort of speaking in general terms, but if they wanted to make the case that like, no, this isn't a, a rally um, based on hatred, then I give me the footage of five or six men built like brick shit houses walking up to Nazis and saying, "Fuck off, You know, take your shit and leave. I haven't seen any of that.
1: I saw one video and I think it was a person carrying a Confederate flag um, who was basically told that they weren't welcome there, that they were making others look bad. Um, And I don't have the full kind of context to that video. So I don't know if they had done anything prior to, to evoke that reaction. Um, But I also know that one of the organizers has Confederate flags hanging in his garage so you know take it with a grain of salt and i I agree um i think that it would have to come from within their own ranks i think that kind of an average person who's not part of this convoy occupation whatever it is um i think that they put themselves at significant risk uh Mm. by doing that
0: yeah you said occupation I, i i retweeted something from uh from the new york times this morning that was calling it an occupation I don't know if it's an occupation. Like it it feels like a a mass loitering because occupation has, like there's all these words. I was talking about this with Mubin Shaikh yesterday on the show and we were talking about how terrorism has a definition and extremism has a definition and violence has a definition. Pretty sure occupation has a definition too. And I don't think it's driving a bunch of trucks and treating Ottawa like a parking lot and blaring your horns, like occupation. Is a is a political term for the unlawful taking over of another entity's land. Like, um, and and this would be like occupation would have to be like they're not in total control. They've been allowed to do what they're doing. A- am I just like, am I too much of a stickler for definitions? Because no, and
1: and I think actually definitions are especially important when you have factions. Um that misuse words, right? Um, So it it becomes extra important to stick to definitions because otherwise language has no meaning and what are we doing here, right? Um, You know, and I can't say that I have the sort of academic definition of occupation um, to the extent that we have people who have rolled into the nation's capital, have set themselves down, have no intention of leaving, have, Created this infrastructure to support themselves and are, by their presence, effectively scaring residents, intimidating residents, harassing residents. Um, and, and those are all things that I've seen and observed. I, it's not across the board. And, you know, uh, I, I've made this point before and elsewhere. But there are people participating in this protest um, who genuinely believe that they are doing the right thing and I believe are deeply misled. But, you know, it's not that every single individual out here is like a thug trying to use this as an an opportunity to just unleash that kind of antisocial behavior. But there are some. Um, and like the inability to deal with those people, um, I think tars the entire, the entire group. Um, and, and yeah, like the Rito center is still closed. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. this is now over a week, I think that it's been closed. And so all of those people who rely on their shift work to pay rent, yeah. to buy food, etc. cetera, Like they cannot work. So, you know, have they been like, is this an occupation in the sense that the mall has to close because they're scared of what's gonna happen if the mall opens? You know, kind of. Um, And, you know, bus routes have been rerouted. Um, People are having to take different sort of ways to get to work or school or wherever they need to be. Or, and I've seen people kind of crossing down Wellington with their masks on going their usual way but now having to kind of it, it's at it's hostile territory um it, it's mm. it's very much hostile territory um so i, I don't have maybe the uh, like i say i don't have the academic definition um but i think there are elements of this even though they haven't seized control of government um they are kind of creating their own um in a you know, in a, Lord of the
0: Flies. Like that, yeah,
1: right. In yeah. a very Lord of the Flies sort of decent.
0: I want to be piggy. Way. I want to be piggy. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and the conch shell is the horns. All of the horns, yeah. and everyone has oh, it damn. all of the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awful. Um, I talked to Randy Hillier on the phone today, and um, he's ca- he calls what the government is doing a coup d'état, and. Uh, you know, it's it was it was before eleven o'clock, so I don't think he was drunk yet. And I, I was it's a bold just like, assumption, but... yeah, yeah, you're right. Um There's always still being drunk from last night too that I forgot about. But um, it's it it was weird. Like I know him. I wouldn't say we're friends, but I know him enough to give him a call anytime I want and just shoot the shit about his theories about what's going on. And it's interesting how i couldn't really like i couldn't reach him by just appealing to like okay right you know randy I, I happen to disagree that it's a coup d'etat um don't you think that a lot of these measure, measures are temporary and he just would launch into this like speech about governments and tyrannies and i i'm i'm surprised for some reason i don't know why i keep on giving like people like randy hillier and like max bernier the benefit of the doubt but i just don't want them to be that um hyperbolic and i used to think that they were doing it on purpose to try to gain support um for their political careers and now i think they believe it and he, he's an elected person he probably won't get elected again i don't think but like he you know he's he's part of the ontario legislature and 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 he thinks the federal government is in the middle of a coup. I, I don't even know what my question is. No, <laughs> just, this like, is you know? that,
1: like, that. There's also this notion of drinking too much of your own kind of Kool Aid, right? So, what may start I'm glad off. I didn't say as... urine.
0: I hate that story. I hate that story so much. Never talk about that. Go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know, what started <laughs> yeah. off maybe as kind of opportunistic politicking, which is you know, preying on people's emotions and fear, um, because I think that's what they're both very effective at. Um, And at some point, you start believing it yourself, right? Possibly. I mean, Randy was on Parliament Hill talking about how this is the hill we should all die on. Yeah. Uh And, And yes, that's words. And yes, you know, maybe he's being figurative, but...
0: I think he's we inciting think about his, and I don't about use audience, that word. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. for sure
1: inciting. Like, and, and I don't, use,
0: I don't like using that word. Like I mean, I, I was one of those guys that thought Trump had been inciting for months leading up to January 6th. Um, and when Twitter cut off his account, in a way I was just like, oh, yeah, you, you guys are finally getting to that. You know, I get he's the president, but like, you know, he was saying Fight go march on the capitol and fight like he was saying that that was it was yeah. like his uh um who's the guy with the horse that said the british are coming paul you know? revere. Like, yeah like it was like a paul revere moment for him in a sense right like where he was just trying to let warn that the government is stealing an election and you got to get up and fight and it's like and you know uh, Rand, listening to and seeing randy's tweets when he's like comparing like munitions that dropped in afghanistan i think it was um and and these jerry cans like you're you're i don't know if you're trying to be clever but it looks like what you're saying is is weaponize these gasoline canisters against the government
1: it's deeply irresponsible um there was a thread i came across yesterday from a source that i would consider reliable and trustworthy um talking about people who appeared to be convoy supporters like essentially setting up an apartment to to burn right like so attempting arson and you know it it, it didn't strike me as impossible and like the security camera footage seems to suggest that that's exactly what happened um and and so yeah you have a group like this of like anti-authority, anti-establishment, um, many of whom have probably like experienced significant loss, whether financial or familial relationships or whatever, um, and, you know, are increasingly isolated from kind of healthy community networks, if we can put it that way, may always have been isolated from such networks um, and, and now are just loose cannons, right? So, At any point like there could be someone in the crowd who just hears something takes it the wrong way um and then acts on it thinking that this is what i was instructed to do this is what is just this is you know i'm doing my patriotic duty um so like that's a real risk here um you know despite the drunkenness in the streets and like kind of the funny stuff that's happening um you know and, and then we think about allegations from police that you know there may be foreign influences um, whether financial or like through other forms of capacity building um, that are playing into this and it's extremely scary stuff
0: have you ever thought i'd love to have a podcast just like this one well i can help my name is matt kundal and everyone at my company the sound off podcast network had a hand in making this show whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, Matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with, at soundoff.network. Yeah, the foreign money stuff, I mean, that, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on uh, the idea that maybe they should have allowed the funds to sort of go through and then clawed it back. Or at least like gave himself the opportunity to follow the money, yeah, you know, so that maybe like, but then um, talking to Mubin off the air yesterday, uh, he was saying that um, he might have said this on air too, but uh, that the FBI and Homeland Security had played a role in in sort of like advising that that money be frozen. Um, so that says maybe that they were worried that the, it could be used to fund nefarious activities uh that would happen immediately so the issue is so complex i want to get uh i want to get back to the 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 nazi imagery stuff for a second though because there's a part of me that feels like it feels like all i do is speculate because it's really hard to know answers but i'm going to do it again the the right especially mega people were really upset that for years um donald trump's um hyperbole uh at rallies especially was hitler-esque you know like like it felt like for a lot of people like the mid to late 1930s in germany when he would speak and you know at the time like i i'm, I'm a big believer that you don't really compare anything to hitler and the holocaust because it's just too loaded for one thing mm-hmm. um and maybe this is their revenge play i i have footage of uh of a bunch of the people at the protest calling um the cops stormtroopers you know like and and talking about how this is like you know a a tyrannical government and everything do you think that they're just getting vengeance for being like (laughs) the the adolf hitler comparison for four years do you think or do you think that we just both sides sort of have this habit that we should probably shed from our lexicon about comparing things to Hitler.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, we've really lost the plot and you know, there's Godwin's law, right, where everything devolves into Hitler comparisons because it's just the worst thing anyone can think of. And, you know, I think that that again that that cheapens kind of the reality of the Holocaust and it's just unhelpful. Even where you can draw comparisons, it's just like to what end? Uh, so I, I think you know it's 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 different to compare something to like if you were to say this is this has elements of fascism, right? That's yeah. quite different. And then you know you can say, then we can go a step further and say, for example, Hitler did this, blah 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 blah. But just making the analogy and then not providing additional context, like what's the like to what end again? Like I, you know, and there are elements of fascism that I see here and I, I, it's ironic because it's a word that the freedom movement deploys quite frequently as well. Um, So again, like divorcing things from meaning, um, but like, yeah, that, that needs to be called out. And I think that we're not doing a great job with that, we're not doing a great job countering it. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most insidious aspects is that it's under the banner or guise of love and unity and freedom, but it's not freedom for all. It's not kind of success for all. Um, so, yeah, like. Uh, it,
0: the uh, it's- I just want to, Greg uh, Greg Van Leuven, I think he's my Facebook, fr- yeah, he is my Facebook friend, Um, said, I thought the Stormtroopers comparison with Star Wars Well, funny enough, Star Wars uh, were largely, like, the the Empire was largely inspired by Nazis. So, um, you're both right. But they did call them stormtroopers. Um, Another thing that I find interesting is that the Godwin's Law thing, so that was started by Mike Godwin. I don't remember if he was a professor or what he was, but he actually came out and made things a lot more difficult uh, about a year and a half ago because he he came out and said, no, 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 Godwin's Law... It's when you compare, when you wrongly compare things to the Holocaust, but he, he then made it seem like Trump was on limits. So hmm. yeah, that kind of like made a lot of people a little bit pissed off. It's either a law was, or it's not. You know? There
1: was a guy with a horse and a Trump flag here. So I it's just that, yeah. like the cross border kind of spread of this is, is really intriguing, but also disturbing.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of these weird parallels. Like the, the right used to hate it when the left did, you know, uh, that sort of showmanship stuff like Trudeau on the horse going to meet the indigenous leaders or um, my, my favorite one right now is that um, when it comes to mandates, the only mandates that I think are going to be left as far as vaccines go, I think are going to be federal employee mandates for vaccinations. That's 420,000 total employees. And out of that 420,000, um, most of them are vaccinated but the greater point is that the right keeps on pointing to that they don't even want those jobs to exist <laughs> like they're always talking about shrinking government and now they're fighting for unionized federal employee mandates to be overturned
1: it's a mistake like, to think that any of this is really about mandates or vaccines um you know that is i think the op like the talking point and it's a convenient one and it's one that they've been able to galvanize sort of support and interest around. Um, But seeing how frequently the goalposts shifted, I I have a lot of trouble believing that that's kind of the genuine concern here.
0: So what is then, I mean, other than the fact that it's a salad bar of Trudeau hatred talking points uh everything from socks to vaccines but like what what do you think if you had to narrow narrow down to one thing and sort of like trim the edges of all that minutiae single issue people with fuck trudeau signs or whatever what is it is it just i hate trudeau or what would how would you if gun to your head how would you sort of encapsulate what's happening and why they're there
1: i hate trudeau is a very big part of it but I don't think it actually has all that much to do with Justin Trudeau as a person, um, and I think that really this is an attempt at subverting our form of democracy.
0: But they, but, but they're not smart enough to accomplish it. Is that sort of the, the idea? Like we have you to. Don't, laugh you don't at this have to be bit, smart. Right?
1: You don't have to be smart to erode democratic norms and values. That's the problem. So I think that they will wittingly unwittingly accomplish some of what they aren't even articulating as their goals but is in fact a, a purpose here and you know i am not one for our first past the post system i think that you know it's it's
0: it's that it's was the big one for me ways right so I, i'm not that was i'm big not a one fan for of, me yeah the big big broken promise yeah had that happened that i
1: think you know yeah. we would have we would be living in a slightly different Canada right now. Um, And, and, you know, there's others who have promised the same or whatever, but like first past the post is a problem. Um, But even so it's the system that we have. Right. And this is, you know, it's funny that Randy uses the word coup because like, that's kind of what's happening out here. Um, You know, we need, Trudeau to resign we're here to make sure Trudeau gets fired and loses his job but like okay that's, we had an election like mm-hmm. five months ago yeah. and and, yeah, and that's another it the parallel outside.
0: that's mm-hmm. another parallel with the states right because the both sides were accusing the other side of conducting a coup uh, and it's mm-hmm. and it was and again it felt like okay you the the insurrectionists or whatever you want to call it, the January 6 people like You're literal. So they, they were convinced again, because it's not the best and brightest. They were convinced that they were going to save a country while they planned on robbing it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing what you can convince a group of people to do if they sort of feel it's morally just, and you you tug on the right heartstrings and there you go. Like, so people are, are very malleable, um, social media, you know is a a game changer in the sense that we can't really there's no historical comparison to draw on and in previous times sort of propaganda it was enough to have you know an offensive or not offensive it was enough to have a poster with like the germans depicted as this or like jewish people depicted as vermin or whatever and that like persuaded people right so propaganda has existed long, long, long before social media and has been enough to take people and and turn them into vicious, like beyond the pale sorts of behavior. So now we have this device you keep in your pocket and like it sits beside your pillow and you use it on the toilet and you're constantly consuming information that
0: no one saw me use it there. (laughs) I have (laughs) never used it there. Big believer in keeping that out of the bathroom. Um, no, you're right, though. Um, you remember being a kid and being like, you know, your parents would my, not my parents because it was my babysitter. But, you know, good parents were like, um, you know, don't watch TV because. Uh, oh, don't worry about it. They know they they weren't good parents. It's OK. I saw you. I saw you go cringe a little bit there. No, boy. no, not cringe.
1: Um, I like, you know, it's.
0: But anyways, my point is that, <laughs> that we we were we were told that that's the boob tube It's going to rot your brain. And now we carry one in our pockets that helps us get angry all the time at other people.
1: Yeah, it's designed to make you angry all the time because that's how they make money, right? Um, So yeah, it's, it's very messed up. And that plus like a lack of media literacy, I think, and sort of the unwillingness or inability to think critically. And like we can't ignore the fact that there are legitimate grievances about the way that media and politics have operated um mm-hmm. you know and the way that it is very much a clique, and there's nepotistic elements to it and you know I, I you have people who want to return to their relatively simple lives and who on some base level understand that the government doesn't give a shit about them and are fed kind of this easy solution and there are no easy solutions, but the people feeding that solution also don't give a shit about these people. Right. So it's they're like politically expedient and, you know, it's just this toxic combination of all of these factors. And it, yeah, the erosion is not like a new thing. This has been happening for decades and, and really, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, even from the inception of our country, um, there are our groups who were deliberately sort of excluded or persecuted um, and upon who we like built the nation. Right. So like the nation itself, like its roots are sick and, you know, it, it hasn't really evolved into a super healthy tree.
0: Yeah, I, I I had a. It took me a long time to really like come around to. To the idea of if 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 a nation starts off uh, the way that say Canada started with genocide and and slavery, that um, in twenty twenty two. Not that it shouldn't impact you as an individual or as a group, but that um, I. Let me, let me, let me start that over. <clears throat> I have a friend who, um, who's a black dude and he, um, he told me once that I'm like, like, I'm like, Nigel, you're so nice. Like, like, you, you're like one of my nicest friends. And he's like, do you want to know why? I'm like, no. He's like, cause whenever I went out, I was like my, I was told by my mom and she was pretty religious that, that I had to be especially polite because I'm black and and I got that, I got, I, got, I got what he meant by that. And then he said something to me that I found uh, hard to believe, but I understood why he believed it. I, he was like, how many, uh, what percentage do you think white people are like legit racist? And he's like, I'm not talking about the subconscious kind, but I'm talking like the thoughts in their head are like, I hate black people or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 30. And I was like, why, what do you think? He's like 75. <laughs> it's like, And I don't know who's right. And, and my point is, though, is that um, what I what I eventually realized is that the um, just as is as, as, just as difficult as it is for generational wealth to deplete. And you um, you have this downward mobility because you've lost billions of dollars. That is very unrealistic, but it's just as unrealistic to have generational poverty and to climb up to wealth. And I think a lot of white people, especially, don't really understand that second part. You know what I mean? And um, when I don't know what point I'm even trying to make here. I'm just, I'm just like we we have these strange ways of not um, sort of like seeing the issue from the other side's perspective. And sometimes you shouldn't, like skinheads or something. <laughs> but sometimes. And I think this convoy is one of them. I think I think that they, they need to be able to like um, say something with one voice that isn't fuck Trudeau. And if they can't, then they need to go home. Because I don't think that the perspective that they're sharing is identifiable with most Canadians.
1: I, I am inclined to agree. Um, you know, all of the conversations I've had sort of center on personal struggles that people have endured during the pandemic this idea that you know it's not right it's not fair i should have choice um but very superficial understandings or engaging with the concept of living in a society where you you have to balance competing interests um Mm -hmm. and you know this sort of any deprivation is is treated as like a personal attack and 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 that's not to say that there aren't real things to be upset about. Um, But I think where people do need to be held accountable is throwing your hat in with organizers or like other people and you're not really actually sure of their motives Um, or you're convinced that their motives are one thing, but their actions suggest something else. And, you know, that support that you're providing to this movement is I, I think it like that's where it, things become dangerous
0: I keep on uh, circling back and, and um, we have about five minutes left um, but I keep on circling back in my own mind to the to the uh, 2003 um, anti-war protest when the war in Iraq was about to start in Toronto I don't know if you were there but um, or where you were living at the time or how old you were even <laughs> it was like 2003 but um 2003. how old I have no idea how old you are. You could be like 25 or like 70 because, you know, you know, you look good and, and I have no idea, you know, what how old you are. But anyways, I, I'm 45. So I was like 25 or something when the uh, Iraq protests were happening. And we're never going to have protests like that again. I felt the same way when I watched the Chicago 7 trial movie on Netflix, which by the way is great. I don't know if you watched that movie, but yeah the 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 chicago trials do you you know what it's about i'm
1: familiar with it i haven't i haven't watched
0: it though you you should watch it it's really good because what it does what it did for me is is like that's how to be activists oh my god you guys are you know this these i asked i listen every time i bring up this name people accuse me of name dropping but sometimes i just get reminded of shit but i asked noam chomsky about that movie and about how if there was ever and if there's any any if there's any lessons that present day activists can learn from activists in the 60s and 70s and he was like oh yeah (laughs) he was like they should they should be studying them because um you know they they made things work and and they were able to mobilize without the internet which is super important i think but the um the 2003 iraq protests were filled with like libertarians and liberals and progressives and conservatives and religious people and atheists and all of these different like you know Um, types of people all gathered and there was actually a million people there not the pretend million that Theo Fleury was thinking about but uh, you know it was beautiful like I loved it like we were all there maybe for different reasons you know but like we were all there supporting one thing we don't want to go to war in Iraq we don't want the United States to attack Iraq it was simple and it was there was unity there I think those days are over and I think that phrase the medium is the message has turned into the the, social media has become the elephant in the room and now the elephant is the medium you know what i'm saying like i just made that up that could be totally nonsense for all i know but i think i know what i mean
1: (laughs) i wonder i wonder like and you would think that something like a global pandemic where sort of the the enemy isn't really an enemy at all. And it's, you know, a virus, and that ought to have been a rallying force. And yet, it seems like it has prompted a lot more division or an opportunity to sort of further divide people, right? like, and, and we're so polarized. And how do we stop being polarized, I think, is maybe the question. And, and can we, like, can we revert back to that? Like the anti-vax movement, ironically, um, like what you've described where it's, it's capturing different sort of segments of society, so too does the anti-vax movement. Um, but I think in a more sinister way um, because it will lead to deaths, right? So it's a death cult, but it's appealing to certain religious fundamentalists. It's appealing to um, people who, like minorities who distrust the government. It's appealing to sort of the left wing. I just do yoga and eat healthy. It's appealing to like- <laughs> I, b- it, I
0: buy floor pillows and statues of Buddha, even though I don't pray. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah like there's, you know, it, it's, it, it's there's a, a, an umbrella kind of, it, it attracts all sorts of conspiracy theorists, right? Like I've seen flat earthers, I've seen- Kind of QAnon. i've seen like just everyone under the sun kind of right like so not really there's still like clear demographic trends i think um mm. but there is an appeal that's like a mass appeal and that that can't be our unifying movement i really hope it isn't
0: yeah um clinton says there's a long road back for some many fences to be mended and lots of crow to eat on both sides Probably true. Um, before we go, I just want to know when this is over, if it ever fucking ends, um, <laughs> what do you see yourself doing? Like this is like you're like oh. me um, in, in a sense because COVID prompted me to, to sort of get up and, and do a bunch of stuff that I had never done before. And I often tell people um, the pandemic is, was so good for my career that if someone brought me a button to press that would save the six million people who died, I'd probably not press it, just so I could keep my good career trajectory. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what what about you? Uh, you know, if this all goes away, um, is the answer simple? Like you're just gonna you know uh, establish your practice and practice law and do stand up for tenants and the odd landlord that might be right because usually they're they're not right.
1: Um, I don't know. It's a very good question, and it's like so hard to future plan right now um, because everything is just up in the air um i i really like this niche i found of i think of it as public education um even though there's a lot of junk food with it i I try to incorporate some morsels of intelligence um and you know i think that there's people who are receptive to that um so if i can find a way to continue doing that in some way shape or form um you know i'm really i'm happy doing this um even though it's in deeply unhappy circumstances. Um
0: you know what I, I could see you I, I doing? I, I could see you doing. Do you remember Humans of New York? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that yeah. Book. I like that series.
0: Yeah. I could see you doing a podcast that is like that. Where you like walk around Trinity Bellwoods, find an interesting person and and talk to them on a on a bench for 45 minutes. I could see yeah, you doing that I, and nail yeah. yeah. See, okay. <laughs> see know? I
1: would Maybe I, maybe I will when we're allowed
0: to. Yeah, I want work. credit for that, and I want the producer's job, and I want it just to just be able to tell people what to do. So if you can make that happen, <laughs> we'll talk. Okay, good. Crema Seed, thanks so much for joining us. Um, uh, you're you're about to go on uh, the Dean Blundell show, I think, in about an hour. So we'll see you on there as well. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, Krima.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Uh, Krima Seed, um, she's awesome. I love having her on the show, and. Um, yeah. imagine that. Imagine that as a podcast, Karima walking through, like, <clears throat> I make it sound like it's like Karima walking through parks and finding homeless people to talk to, but like maybe, um, but she'd, she'd make it work. She'd, she'd, she'd sell it. So, uh, thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, Karima. Um, tomorrow, um, I'm going to about, I'm about to play the, uh, the preview for this, but tomorrow I have Dr. David Jacobs and he's just going to talk about what it's like, uh, He's a radiologist. Okay, he's not a virologist. I'm not trying to get him to come on and like tell anti-vaxxers what to do, but he's he's on the ground floor. So, um, we're going to be talking to him. Thanks again to Karima, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us.
1: Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes.